Hello, my name is Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and I am really excited to interview my friend Nick Pinot about the dangers of EMF. And we're going to be talking about the different sources of EMF, what you can do to protect your health, and um, all the different effects that EMF have on your health, the symptoms that they can cause. And I think a lot of people will be very surprised by this show. Uh, we delve in a little bit into bioenergetics and how uh, electromagnetic fields that are emitted by computers and Wi-Fi and your electric smart meter and the um, and other types of EMF sources affect your body's energy field. We talk about the coming 5G cellular network and how that's going to you know really throw a lot of people into a tailspin with their health, with cro causing chronic fatigue. Um, some people are very very EMF sensitive, especially women, and people can come become very 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 ill and medical doctors are not looking at EMF at all as an underlying root cause of their health issues. So any of you guys that are really, really sick out there that are listening, pay attention because you want to use the tools and tricks that Nick talks about to protect yourself from EMF to see if your symptoms improve. Nick Pinnell is a health journalist who has published more than 1,500 online articles through a daily newsletter called Nick and Jen's Healthy Life. In 2017, he authored The Non-Tinfoil Guide to EMFs, an unconventional book which combines common sense and humor to tackle the very serious topic of electromagnetic pollution and its effects on human health. You can learn more about Nick's work at nontinfoilemf.com. Definitely grab his book, The Non-Tinfoil Guide to EMFs on Amazon. I highly, highly recommend it. Nick, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Wendy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the health field and, and why you wanted to write a book about EMFs? Sure. So uh, my name is Nick Pinot. I'm a health journalist from Montreal, Canada. You can maybe tell that from the accent, although most people think I'm French from France, but that's different. It's uh, French Canadian from Quebec. Um, so I got into health, oh my God, 10 years ago, just trying to build muscle at first. I'm a small guy, five foot four, uh, with, uh, I guess at, at the beginning, a complex about my body size. So I wanted to get into bodybuilding. So I started eating, uh, can you imagine 6,000 calories at a point? Wow. Um, didn't feel good at all. I thought it was part of the process. I definitely got, a. Uh, I gained mostly fat to be perfectly honest, got injured, uh, did a lot of stupid stuff at the beginning, but it got me into hell because I didn't feel good. Uh, I was drinking a lot of pasteurized milk. I was drinking a lot of orange juice for the calories and for the, sh the just for the sheer like, oh, oh, there's carbs in there. I need carbs. To so my understanding was just so in, in surface and I, um, I listened to Food Matter, uh, a documentary. I think it, it went out in 2006 or seven or eight, something like that. And it talked about food quality and how our food supply is uh, is processed and what 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 impacts it might have on the on the planet and on and on our human health and uh, it shocked me because these things i never heard from uh, tv advertising i i believe that uh margarine was healthy at the time that saturated fats cause heart attacks and all these myths right so uh it got me into learning from other sources like beside the mainstream 
And as a guy with a background in communication got me very interested, okay, what else do I don't know about like the truth about human health? And it got me into this path where I started publishing my stuff online just for, for, for the heck of it because I, I felt like writing about it. I was so passionate. And eventually I built a following over the years and that's a Nick and Jen Healthy Life. I write every single day, a daily column. Uh, and, uh, I was more of a generalist. I, I learned a little bit about detox, a little bit about your work, a little bit about Bulletproof radio and Dave Asprey and maybe intermittent fasting and a little bit about sleep, but I didn't feel really, uh, as I consider myself an expert in one topic. I knew a little bit about everything and I didn't feel that good about that. And I wanted to dive deeper in a topic and EMFs just came I don't know, came across my desk. I started uh, consuming a lot of books. Um, Deborah Davis' Disconnect is one that inspired me a lot. And I realized, oh my God, it's ridiculous how these cell phones are tested. And um, wow, maybe everyone is uh, getting sick from this stuff. It's kind of unacceptable. And the more I dove into it, and the more I realized that PhD researchers, physicists, doctors, and all these people with, I mean, way more experience than, than, than me in health said the problem, like, this is a huge issue. So I'm like, okay, well, if these guys are saying it and putting their reputation on the line to say these things, there's probably some truth to it, uh, unless they're, I don't know, delusional. So... I dig, I dug a little bit deeper in the research and as I tend to do, I became obsessed. So I'm like, okay, I got to dig deeper. What about, what about this aspect and brain cancer and what this effect and this researcher says that the other one says, says this and why are they not agreeing on things? How is it possible that in the same 2017 or 2016 when I was starting to do research for my book, how is it possible that PhD level researchers say EMFs from cell phones, from Bluetooth, from Wi-Fi, they do nothing to human health, right? So that's one aspect. And they say that Health Canada, the FCC, uh, so many governmental agencies, oh no, there's nothing to be worried about. On the other hand, you ask other researchers that are completely independent and they say, oh my God, we're literally like on the verge of a health crisis uh, and, and EMS are a huge causal factor. Like there's, it's, it doesn't even need to be researched further. I'm like, oh my God, there's probably something to, to, to dig up there. And uh, the truth is it's very complicated. And um, the more I learned about EMS, the more I'm like, oh my God, like, the only reason I'm able to digest this information is that I'm passionate about health and, and somewhat obsessed about certain topics. And the average person on the street will not be able to get into the topic because it will sound totally crazy. So I thought, okay, I need to write a book uh, that's uh, simpler than uh, everything out there. That's uh, more down to earth and even add humor in there and make it digestible. And this is what I put in the non-tinfoil guide to EMFs. And as the title entices, I mean, non-tinfoil is a, is a kind of a risque choice for a title because it can make it seem as if you're, you're kind of laughing about the entire matter, right? The tinfoil hatters and whatnot, but it's actually the opposite. It's recognizing that most people think this is crazy talk, but when they get into it and they're like, oh, this one is non-tinfoil, right? And they read the research and now they realize the same thing as I've realized in the last years, which is 
oh my God, there's so much scientific data on that. How is it that we're not told these things? And uh, in the end, it, it, it's, it's becoming this topic uh, almost, it's almost laughable saying that there's no effect because the data that's independent and published, like there are hundreds of studies showing that there is an effect. For example, one that I cite often is uh, fertility. So if you're a man and you have a cell phone in your front pocket, or even back, back pocket for that matter, there's a strong link uh, in the data proven over and over and over again that uh, cell phone EMFs, microwave frequencies, will reduce sperm count. Sperm count motility, increase DNA damage, and there's 201 studies published uh, or, or looked at in 10 meta-analyses between 2009 and 2017 that I've looked at in my book. So 201 studies that conclude the same thing, which is EMFs do affect sperm count negatively. Well, it's, it's ridiculous that people still say that it's not a problem. So this is why I published a book and now I'm just trying to get a, like on your show and a lot of different shows to say, guys, I'm not saying it's the number one factor for all disease, but let's face it. It's everywhere, it's increasing, and the independent scientists looking at the issue, they're saying that the amount of evidence that this is making people sick is just overwhelming. And on top, on top of that, something even more, more concerning for me, Wendy, is doctors like Dr. Dietrich Klinghardt that you, you're having on your summit, the heavy metal summit that I'm looking forward to. Yes. Well, Klinghardt is a pioneer in health. He's seeing people with ALS, MS, fibro, Alzheimer's, stage four cancer, those sick people that have been almost been told, we cannot do anything for you, go home and wait until it's the end of your life, which can be near. Unfortunately, the medical system has failed these people. They're so sick. And what he's seeing is that most patients cannot get better if they are in, in this EMF environment that most people are in. For example, just having a Wi-Fi router at home is too much for their recovery ability. So it makes me very concerned that maybe this is what's happening for so many people with so many issues. It's just that they haven't put the dots together yet. Yes, and I 100% I agree with you. And that's why I wanted to, to do this very important podcast and have our very first one over Facebook Live as well. We're going to start recording the Linda 110 podcast over Facebook Live because, uh, you know, it's, it's really affects our, our body's energy field. And so when I, I met, you know, you, I work with your wife as a client to, to detox on my detox program. But then I, I saw you again at a Ness Health training at Ness Health, NES Health. It's a bioenergetic protocol and program. And you and I uh, were there training together. And Dr. Mercola, Dr. Joe Mercola was yeah. there as well. And this, you know, is a, a program that teaches us about our body's energy field and how things that interfere in our body's energy field interfere in our body's communication and energy flow in the body. So EMFs dramatically impact uh, the, the waves, impact our body's communication systems. And that's one of the, the reasons it dramatically impacts our health and causes cancers. And I think it's something that a lot of researchers don't have awareness of and are not looking at. They, they just see 
EMFs and then perhaps the person gets cancer or they have increased rates of brain tumors. They see like a correlation, but maybe not a causation, uh, a direct causation. Um, so why don't you tell us a little about that and how EMFs impact our body's energy field? Sure. So EMFs can, this is a tricky thing, just like some people can have different effects from the same heavy metals, right? For an easy example that people can relate to from your work, uh, you can get uh, headaches from mercury, but you could get skin rashes or autoimmunity. I mean, it's different. Every person will react in a different way because chemicals can literally affect every single cell. The same thing can be said for EMF. So there's going to, for EMF, there's going to be uh, uh, an acute um, localized response. For example, if you use a cell phone near your head, well, you're exposing this region, your head, your parotid gland, your acoustic nerve, and we're, we're seeing an, a huge increase in these cancers. So acoustic neuroma, uh, parotid gland cancers, frontal lobe, uh, and even thyroid and neck-related uh, melanomas, they're, they're seeing an increase in Sweden. So there's, there's a direct effect. If you're using an EMF-emitting device, such as a cell phone, directly near your body, right? So that's one effect that can be seen over time. So if we're talking about cancer, um, the research is still the link. Some people say it's controversial. If you look at one of the guys, actually um, the, the most one of the most credible researchers around EMFs and brain cancer, Leonard Hardell from Sweden. This is the guy who um, emitted the early warnings to the effect that Agent Orange in, used in the Vietnam War might be a carcinogen. So can you imagine this guy has been in the trenches for his entire life, probably 50 years as a researcher, multiple PhDs, is incredible. And he's saying that cell phone radiation should be a class one carcinogen. So it means same category as smoking and asbestos. Um, so, but the problem is that this effect, for example, brain cancer, it can have a latency period of 40 years, right? 50 years sometimes. So it means that 50 years of cell phone use after that, you'll get a problem. What I'm interested in is more like, okay, but what about the day to day? What about the, the effects on your wellness right now? And, and literally the effect that it can have on any body system and your entire, um, the way your, your body functions. So the body field and everything else, you're just cell to cell communication. And when we look at the other effects, well, for example, it will disrupt your pineal gland melatonin production. So that's one aspect that I think is critical to talk about because, for example, one, one researcher, 2000, it's actually from January 2018, this research that came out from Iran, it's uh, SMG uh, Mortavi, um, the, the PhD researcher that's well-known in the EMF field. And this guy has written a paper about why uh, women with the, um, the, the breast cancer gene, BRAC1 and BRAC2, uh, should avoid iPads at night. Why is that? Well, that's because it's known that women with low melatonin levels, that's the main sleep hormone inside your body, will have more or are more prone to breast cancer and its complications and, and dying from it even. So 
what disrupts melatonin? You have light. So if you look at a, this blue light device, but also the EMFs. So the cell phone, whether it's a cell phone here or it's an iPad here, or even a laptop on your lab that's near your body, it will disrupt your melatonin production. So on one hand, you will get less deep sleep. So you're slower to detox, for example, because this is what happens at night with the glymphatic uh, system that actually cleans out your brain and sends all the toxins via your, your spinal fluid. There's an entire system that was discovered around 2015. Can you imagine? It's been only three years that they know that our brain detoxes. How, how crazy is that? Yeah. So you have that that's happening at night. You have uh, memory consolidation. And it's shown that people with Alzheimer's disease and uh, dementia, uh, well, if they have sleep deprivation, it just makes their entire case worse. Of course, your brain health depends on sleep. And, and then you have, well, depression and anxiety this happens as a natural thing if you don't sleep well. So sleep affects your entire health in such a, uh, a perfect storm kind of manner when you have sleep deprivation that just this aspect alone, I think, is sufficient to look at the EMFs as, as something to avoid or at least try to reduce in your life because sleep is so critical. So that's, that's one aspect of it. And then there's... I mean, there's overall symptoms that people that who are said to be electrosensitive or EHS, electrohypersensitive, uh, can experience. For example, one of the main uh, that's reported is fatigue. Of, of course, that's vague. But overall, people who live near cell phone towers in multiple study after study, the closest you are to a cell phone tower the more people experience fatigue when you survey them. So that's an indication, and let's say, that they, they're not in great shape if they live no, near this base station, you know? Yeah, can I just say one thing? I am sure, sure, sure. looking right now at a massive cell phone tower in downtown <laughs> Los Angeles, and I want to show it to you guys. Yeah. Um... <laughs> it's staring me right in the face. Can you see that? So that's... So that's a cell phone tower? That's an AT&T cell phone tower. That's right mm. on top of the AT&T building. Yeah. I just want to show that to you because I know it's <laughs> zapping me right now. And, you know, it could I, be. It could be. I, exactly. Yeah, I had, you know, my own experience with EMFs um, that just completely drained me. And I, it took me a minute to figure it out. It took me some time to figure it out. And I know there's a lot of, and I'm a very intelligent person. I know a lot about health. And it still took me a minute to figure it out. So I live in Malibu on the beach. There's not very many cell phone towers or wireless internet. There's not a big population there. I moved from there and I was doing great, felt fantastic, slept deep, amazing. I, I restored my health there. And then I moved to central Los Angeles, uh, kind of 10 minutes from downtown, where there's a ton of EMF and there's a ton of um, cell phone towers and, and all kinds of things. So I had a lot more electromagnetic smog that I, I was dealing with and within about six months I was just zonked I was exhausted um, I wasn't sleeping well I would wake up exhausted and I know there's a lot of people out there that feel that way uh, that just wake up in the morning they feel like death and they do coffee or stimulants or other things just anything to try to feel better and that's why I want to do this show and bring some awareness to it because uh, I, I found Nest, so I discovered Nest Health, and I started that. 
And I started feeling better very, very quickly, partly because that type of bioenergetic program protects your body from EMF. It can, can uh, correct some of the, the issues that EMF can cause in your body. But then I had to really start addressing EMF uh, in my home as well and EMF protection. Um, so let's talk a little bit about EMF protection. What are sure. some of the things that you can do? Like what's effective? What's kind of bogus? And just tell us about some of the information surrounding EMF protection. Sure. So the number, number one thing to understand is that most sources of EMFs that are the worst, that are contributing to your worst exposure is actually what you purchase. So the things that you pay uh, a lot for, for example, your smartphone, right? iPads, computers, your own computer, or even a Wi-Fi router. You pay, I don't know, uh, like I pay around $60 per month, Virgin Mobile Wi-Fi router. It's in the, the living room just there. And uh, it, it's, it's that stuff that exposes you at home with the highest levels. It's not necessarily the cell phone tower. Sometimes it is, but rarely. Most of the time is the stuff inside your own home that is the problem. And that's, this is what's hard to accept. But at the same time, the good news is that you have the control over these devices. No one is telling you to put the, the phone near your head. No one is forcing you to have Wi-Fi. Of course, it's convenient, but there are, there are solutions that you, can, that you can apply. So for example, when it comes to a cell phone, the number one thing to do is to create distance from your head or from your body, any part of your body, because let's say I'm here uh, near my ear, I'm blasting my head. So instead, okay, I could be blasting my heart. Let's say I talk on my cell phone with earbuds, but I put it in my shirt pocket. Not necessarily a better idea, if you ask me. So the goal is to create distance. So my, my kind of gold rule is one foot from your body. So if you're talking on a cell phone, one foot from your body, you hold it in front of you, and then you have these earbuds uh, or a speakerphone. And right there, you reduce radiation by 80%. So you will reduce the cancer risk and the long-term stuff, and also the acute effects. Some people report, they talk for a couple of minutes, and I kind of feel dizzy or tingly, or some people will get uh, hearing effects. It's hard to tell. Maybe it's going to be fatigue for you. Maybe you don't realize it, but every time you have a cell phone call, right, after, right afterwards, you have an energy dip. Who knows? But for example, even one effect of just having a cell phone call for a couple of minutes during the day is that your melatonin production at night will be lessened. So that's one study showing that. So just avoiding talking on a cell phone right next to your head is the number one step. Now, if you don't talk on it, let's say you text or you just carry it around, it's not better to carry it on your body. So people, I, I see women um, going on a run, cell phone in the bra and i'm pretty sure it's not on airplane mode because we don't have the 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 habit of doing that uh men in their front pocket or or women for that matter so when you carry it on your body hit airplane mode so that way you remove the signal and then when you're not carrying it well you can open it back and put it in front of you just do not stick it to your body and actually if you look inside the fine print in, in your iPhone or Samsung or Google Pixel for that matter, there's something that says it's, this device should be 
a little bit farther away from your body to stay within the guidelines and the guidelines that are completely broken and ridiculous. But even to follow these broken guidelines, it needs to have a distance. So it's said in the fine print, which is ridiculous because I don't, I never read the fine print, but like no one does that. So, so just create distance with your device and you're almost the way there. Another step is what, what about at night? A lot of people sleep with their cell phones in their hand. They fall asleep while looking at the cell phone. Uh, under the pillow is something I've seen quite a lot. And even in teenagers, it's something like 30, 50% or more of teenagers that, that have it as if it's their freaking teddy bear now. Yeah. So even children. So do not do that airplane mode when you're at night because, again, your cell phone, even if it's dark, right? The screen is black. You're like, okay, well, it's not... I'm not Instagramming, I'm not Facebooking, it's emitting nothing. No, it's emitting constantly little pings of information to make sure that in case of a call, the cell phone tower knows that your cell phone is online. So it's always emitting unless you are on airplane mode. So at night, it's especially important to put it on airplane mode. And just this one trick alone, I've, say, I've said that to uh, my mom a couple of months ago. She's like, Nick, I don't know what's happening. She's, uh, she's a cancer survivor from breast cancer. So she's really now attuned to her health. She was very worried. I cannot sleep for since the past two weeks. And I'm like, mom, by any chance, do you have your cell phone near your head while you sleep? And she's like, well, yes. In fact, I just started using it as my alarm clock. Uh, and I'm like, did you put it in airplane mode? I'm like, oh no, I never thought about that. Where, there you go. You just added a source uh, that's a surefire way to disrupt your sleep right next to your head. But we don't think about these things, right? Yeah. So, and your your alarm clock works in airplane mode. Because I use the same thing too, but it's in airplane mode. It's it, mine is always by my bedside. I have my uh, sleep tracking app and everything else, but airplane mode it is of course. And if you put it on airplane mode, you want, also want to make sure because you can actually be in airplane mode, but activate Bluetooth and Wi-Fi while you're on. So just look at these icons, make sure that everything is turned off because uh, a cell phone can be connected in so many different ways to the internet. You just don't want any signals coming out there. Uh, and the number two source that's the most uh, harmful to your health usually is your Wi-Fi router. So you talked about a cell phone tower that's right in front of you. Well, a Wi-Fi router is essentially a mini miniature version of that. It's a miniature cell phone tower that you're installing inside your home, and that gives you signal throughout the house. If you can go on the internet at the other side of your apartment, it essentially means that your environment is blanketed with signals, right? So you're choosing to expose yourself inside your home. You're creating the problem. And that's not necessarily, I'm not telling everyone, okay, Wi-Fi needs to be avoided. If you're really sick, if you're struggling with, cancer, I would recommend not having Wi-Fi and going with a wire. That, that would be my number one advice for sure, but it might be a, a little bit of a hard step to take for people that are, uh, that are, let's say, they're just getting into the topic. So I won't tell you to not have Wi-Fi, but at least turn, in, turn it off at night. 
Because why do you need Wi-Fi at night? Essentially, it's just creating an electrosmog inside your bedroom and inside your entire home. And uh, it's preventing you from having the best sleep you can. So you can actually use something called a Christmas light timer. You put your Wi-Fi router, you plug it in there, and then you set it and forget it. You can, for example, set it at 10 p.m. It turns off, and at 6 a.m. It turns on. So you, you have eight hours of relief. And the goal being... Can you have this environment that is lower in EMF and that resembles mother nature instead of this stressful LA downtown environment or even Montreal like, like I am right now, just in my bedroom, even if I turn off my Wi-Fi, they are the neighbors. So exactly. I'm, it's, it's really far from perfect. Even as, a, even as an author of a book, I realize, oh my God, my room is fairly high in EMFs and I, just from my neighbors and just from probably cars passing down the street and people are on their cell phone. Uh, it's just like the overall environment. So this, I have a hard time controlling. However, I'll reduce my own sources as much as I can, just like you try to eat as clean as you can. It's just yeah. an extra step that you need to take. Yeah. And that's what I was, you read my mind when you, you said that even though you turn off your wireless router at night on a timer, you have all of the neighbors. So yep. it's like, for instance, when I go to a, a new house that I moved into, I go to, you know, choose my wireless router name and there's 30 or 40 other ones <laughs> yeah. on top of that in range that are essentially, you know, negatively impacting your body's energy field and your health. And so this is definitely something that uh, if you're not well, if you're, ex you're, really tired or you have multiple health issues or cancer, you just can't figure out what's wrong, look at the EMF in your environment. And you may be one of those people, if you're hypersensitive, you may have to go move out into the country or go yeah. somewhere where, because you, you can't control it all. You can control some, but you can't control it if you live in downtown LA or Montreal or a, a metropolis, you know, a big metropolitan area whether you're just bombarded with it constantly? It would be hard. I, um, I talked to uh, a friend of yours, uh, Dr. Joe Mercola, um, a couple of days ago, and he told me he's working on a EMF sleeping bag. Uh, mm -hmm. And eventually, so look out for Mercola.com. I don't know when it's going to come out with maybe one year, maybe two. Uh, but eventually, it's going to be a cheap way. Maybe he, he told me 200 to $500. That is an investment. But you'll be able to essentially sleep in a zero EMF environment inside your bedroom without uh, doing major overhaul of your house. So it might be a solution. But in the meantime, it's true that if you suffer from... Here's, here, here's the thing. If you have an explained symptom, okay, of any kind, whether it's uh, anxiety, brain fog, fatigue, uh, depression, fertility issues, even gut issues, hearing, tinnitus, there are so many ways that you could be sensitive to EMFs and you could have these symptoms. So to verify if this is the case, how do you feel when you get outside this city? How does it feel when you sleep at a friend's house uh, who lives uh, in the countryside in the top of a mountain near a lake, like a pristine place with no Wi-Fi? Or So look out for these changes in environment and changes in symptoms. And when I tell uh, pe people that they go by the beach for a week in vacation house and they're in the middle of nowhere and they say, oh my God, 
I'm actually like, my brain is sharp as if I'm at 20 years old. And maybe it's like a 60 year old talking. Uh, and I'm like, well, so you're not forgetful. You just suffer from, you're very sensitive to these signals. And the problem is uh, that we've only been exposed to Wi-Fi for what, like 15 years now, barely. And to smartphones around 10, uh, the way we use them with, with the internet and, and surfing and using them like all the time, maybe less than that. So it's a new kind of exposure and it's adding on top of the chemicals and everything else. So to try to differentiate between the different exposures and what it might be causing, just getting outside the environment for a while, if you feel very different, well, stay stay attuned, stay very, uh, very aware that when you're going back into the city, you'll see a different level of energy and different things. For example, when I moved here in this apartment where, where the, the Wi-Fi levels are fairly high from the neighbors, I noticed that my sleep isn't so good. I'm like, what is happening? Is it my diet? Is it this? And I tend to blame it on everything else because yeah. it seems easier. It's true. It's Even lower hanging fruit. It's, it seems yeah. more it, like an obvious source of problems. It's true. I'm like, okay, what did I do wrong? Did I overdo caffeine? I think I had a coffee after 2 p.m. and maybe I was overstimulated and this and that. But I took the cornet meter. I use a cornet ED88T. That's a good meter to start with uh, under 200 bucks USD. And I looked at the levels. I'm like, oh, shoot, this is actually very high, even though we don't have sources from inside the home. So I'm like, oh, okay. And, and now I'm thinking maybe I'll, I don't know, I'll repaint the, the entire room with some shielding paint or something like that, which is, there are solutions for sensitive people living in a city, Wendy, but you got to go deeper. And in that case, you got to talk to a building biologist in true. This is, these are professionals that uh, know way more than me when it comes to uh, shielding and identifying the sources. And uh, they can do miracles. They can shield. Uh, you, can, you can actually have um, a, a kind of transparent film on your window that you will almost not see, but that will shield the emissions from outside. And it might sound crazy, but if you feel better, I mean, if you sleep better, you sleep like a baby, even downtown LA, well, it's, it's useful. If you feel the difference, that's, that's, I think it's essential. It's an essential investment for anyone who wants to to stay healthy to look into this and to and and unfortunately, the more I look into it for my own health, the more I realize how much it's impacting me. And it's not just nocebo because sometimes, most of the time, I realize there's an effect. I'm like, why do I feel off right now? And I realize I, I forgot to turn off the Wi-Fi on my computer. And I'm doing an interview and I'm losing my words and I have a slight brain fog and then I turn it off and 15 minutes later, I'm okay. But first I got the symptom and after that, I realized it was an EMF source. So I am becoming very attuned because now I'm looking for it a little bit. I'm like, okay, what is I am too. Like I just spent the weekend in Malibu uh, at a girlfriend's house and uh, just... She's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. We went walking on the beach, did some grounding. I slept amazing. I slept fantastic. And then I came home last night. I was up for a couple hours in the middle of the night. And I realized I've, I've, got, to, I've got to move out of Los Angeles Central. I'm just, I'm too sensitive. Yeah. When I go stay at a hotel, 
a lot of hotels, they have grounded wires um, mm. in, in the walls and there's a lot of protection there. A lot, a lot of times people's cell phones may not work so great in hotel rooms, but um, when they're, uh, I sleep unbelievably well in hotel rooms because there's so much protection from, from EMF and from dirty electricity in the walls. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's mainly the yeah, dirty electricity and electric coal field. This is something I learned from Mercola as well. Just the fact that most hotels, the way they're built, they're uh, they're wiring in in just in in normal uh, wiring, household wiring cannot have, can have an effect. It's a type of EMF called electrical field. So most people think that when you have electricity, 120 volt running through a wire, it stays in the wire. Actually, it irradiates. There's a field around that you cannot see, but your body that is electric, right? Your brain runs on electricity, your retina runs on electricity, your heart, everything runs on electricity, even bacteria in your gut that we know are so key to your entire health and immune system, they communicate with low level electric shocks and even light emissions. So it's kind of crazy, but your entire biology is bioelectric. So everything can be affected by even just standard electricity. So in hotel rooms, it's all in metal tubing, so there's no electrical field. Whereas in a normal home, you don't have that most of the time. So what I recommend as a very cheap way to cut down on these exposures at night and better your sleep even more is uh, turning off the circuit breaker at night. It takes five seconds at the end of the night. Of course, it means you cannot plug your cell phone in, but I mean, it's just, okay, it's just like one little thing you, you got to do. Maybe when you get to work, you'll plug your cell phone, make sure it's 100% and like you can be on your cell phone all day instead of being wor instead of working like I tend to do. But uh, yeah, turn off the circuit breaker and it takes care of some of that. But uh, I totally get you uh, sometimes like in the city, even uh, I'm thinking here, if, we want to build a house in a few years and I, I don't know if it's going to be in Montreal, but if it is, I'm going to shield, uh, I'm going to do something special because I don't feel as good as when I go in the countryside. I feel, wow, transformed when I go in like uh, just as a, a vacation for a couple of days. And I, I even remember when we met in, in Florida uh, for the NAS training, I was walking on the beach getting sun and my health was transformed in 10 days. Like literally, I had better results in 10 days of uh, eating restaurant food, eating uh, probably too much sugar. I had wine. Uh, wine? I, you had wine? I had wine. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A few glasses here and there. But still, I mean, all these things that maybe back at home I wouldn't do or I would barely do, I did everything wrong and I felt way better. So that's, that's crazy. What I can manage, like what kind of results you can manage in a low EMF environment and when doing these health practices, especially grounding, is just tremendous. It's incredible. Yeah, and I'm really concerned about the coming of 5G. Mm. So right now we're on 4G cellular network. And so people want faster. They want faster downloads. They want to be able to utilize their cell phones and computers much better. It's a consumer demand. But there's going to be a price to pay with, uh, with the coming of 5G. So explain to us what 5G is. Is it implemented yet? And what are some of the consequences of that? Sure. So uh, in the history of developing cell phone service, we had uh, 
I don't even know if it was 1G, probably back in the days of having a large cell phone plugged into your car with an antenna on top. If, if some people remember 96 or around those days, my, my dad had one, it probably cost hundreds of dollars to, to have cell phone service. Eventually we moved to 2G and 3G is what we know as uh, when we first had uh, smartphones. So you could get on the internet. This was uh, around uh, 2002, uh, 2012, if I remember correctly. And eventually we came up with uh, 4G or LTE. 4G is the fourth generation. LTE is long-term evolution. But these two different kind of uh, terms uh, talk about the faster network. So eventually we had all sorts of cell phone towers that were 3G at a certain speed. And 4G meant that you can go sometimes up to three times the speed. So 4G networks uh, are faster and people are happier because there's less uh, um, phone call drops or connectivity problem when you add a bunch of new users in. 5G is way more than that. So for, with 5G, they want to redesign the way our cellular networks function. So first, they want to go uh, higher speed, of course, because you, as you said, users want to download faster. They want uh, to stream HD videos live, like stream Netflix on their, uh, on their cell phones while they're walking in the street and watch a movie. I don't know what. Uh, and then also enable stuff like autonomous cars. These cars need to be connected online with other cars so that they know how to avoid collisions and um, data gathering. And it's, uh, it, it's incredible the kind of internet that we need to enable these new technologies. So that's 5G. So 5G is 10 to 1000 times 4G. So it's way faster. So for example, you could be able to download an HD movie in a couple seconds. Boom, it's done. You don't, you never wait. So it's exciting in that sense. However, there are a lot of downsides when it comes to the amount of radiation because generally when you go at faster speed, you increase, you have more radiation. It kind of is an unfortunate side effect. So 5G um, will not only use faster speeds, it goes up in the frequency band. So uh, normally your cell phone right now is around 900 megahertz to 2.7 gigahertz, and it's called a microwave radiation signal. This is the frequency. Uh, now 5G will move to 6 gigahertz to 60 gigahertz. So uh, if you ever went through this uh, TSA screening where uh, you hold your hand like that and you're, they, they take a body image to make sure you don't have a knife or something like that at the TSA in airports, uh, this is a millimeter wave signal that is used. Uh, 5G will use the same frequency as that, but there's going to be way higher power. So if right now you're avoiding the airport scans because of the of this uh, of this uh, fear of radiation it's kind of ridiculous because your your cell phone will expose you to thousands if not millions of times the, these levels ambient so it's it, 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 this is what's coming the problem with millimeter waves is that we don't really know what they're going to do because um they haven't been studied. There, there are barely any studies. Uh, one researcher uh, from Israel is looking at the effects on skin docs. So the radiation seems to get in the surface 
of our skin, but then it gets in the skin ducts and might have effect, like allergic effect on the skin, or even uh, a more dehydrating effect on the retina and other uh, mucous membranes. So we don't know what it's going to do. And it's, um, unfortunately, it's a big experiment because right now they're rolling 5G um, and they're kind of justifying that by saying, well, 4G does nothing. Again, the kind of meme or the myth that 4G and cell phones do nothing. They say, well, if 4G does nothing, more doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, so the millimeter waves is one thing. It's unproven and we don't know the, what the effects are. Uh, I talked to an EMF engineer uh, from UK, there, Phillips, and he told me, that uh, the way 5G is built, the kind of pulsing that they're going to be using and the modulation, it's going to be even more biologically active for human cells. So uh, he says that he's, he's been in the trenches for, I think, 35 years now as an engineer. He's a, he has a background in engineering and, and physics. So he understands these things at the highest levels. He even developed EMF meters. He, he's like a top-level guy. He says, you know what, Nick? Yeah, EHS is going to be on the rise because of 5G. So people are going to become even more sensitive. But there's even another thing when it comes to 5G that's kind of concerning that you need to hear about, and it's the small cell technology. So 5G, super high power. I talked about 6 gigahertz, 60 gigahertz. Well, when you increase this frequency, you have very high power, very short distance. So that's an issue because let's say there is a cell phone tower five kilometer, it will not get to my cell phone here. So what they do instead is that they're gonna install one miniature cell phone antenna every block. So every traffic light sign, for example, light pole, there's gonna be a mini relay there. So that way I'm connected to this antenna, I move a little bit, I walk for one block, and now I'm connected to this other antenna. Uh, the problem is that, again, you're blanketing the environment with way more electrosmog because you're multiplying the numbers of antenna, probably times, I don't know, thousands in, uh, in downtown areas. And then in residential areas, they want to put one antenna every three to 12 houses. So not only is this super ugly because you have an entire, you have like a large antenna in the middle of nowhere, every three to 12 houses, but it exposes the house that's in front of to even more radiation in like an unprecedented manner. And the problem is that eventually 5G will replace 4G and 3G, but when 5G will come out, it's not like everyone will have the newest technology. So it will add up. On top of everything that we have right now, it will just be another source of exposure. So it's just making like thickening this electrosmog that we're exposed to. So my best advice when it comes to 5G, because this is just around the corner, uh, downtown Austin, it's being tested right now. They're just doing tests. So it's just a couple antennas. I cannot tell you exactly. You, you got to look at these things. There are, I think, 10 to 12 US cities where it's tested. They're testing it for the upcoming Olympics in uh, South Korea. They're testing it for, and, and why is that? It's not because they're evil, is that every country, every mayor of every town wants to be the first to have the latest technology because it's, it's um, prestigious, it's cool, it's cutting edge, and they have not been informed about those potential health risks. So that's, that's one thing I want to clarify. If people knew 
um, people would probably do otherwise. And then there's industry pressure, of course, but still, you, you, if you learn about this information, listening to this podcast, uh, do your own research, but then talk about it. It's super important because it's an ignorance that people are letting this happen. And we'll wake up tomorrow morning, everyone will be even more fatigued, even, and they'll be like, oh my God, what happened? Why, why did we allow this? Well, you allow this by saying nothing, and oftentimes you say nothing because you know you don't know, right? So what I can tell you is that for myself and for people I talk to and for health practitioners, it is becoming critical to take care of your own home and to maybe either move if you think you're getting sick in your environment or shield or remove wi-fi and start using wired or use your your smartphone way less often or in my case i'm i'm actually i love working in coffee shops but i'm starting to work more at home where it's wired and it's a calmer environment for me and i feel better so it's hard for me because i have to I don't know. I love working at Starbucks. I feel productive, but I am exposed to Wi-Fi way more and the speed is getting higher. They're having these routers in and I just don't feel as good. I feel foggy. And uh, so you got to change your habits and it's becoming critical that at night you sleep in a low EMF environment. So that way, when you get outside, maybe you'll be able to manage a city life, but it will happen less and less, I think. Yeah, and my big concern with the 5G is that it really is like a jackhammer to your pineal gland. So we already have so many, so many EMFs, different types, acting upon our pineal gland that produces melatonin that facilitates sleep. And I take liposomal melatonin every single night. I, I think there are just so many factors and so many habits that people have of looking at their cell phone before they go to bed or watching television and uh and not protecting themselves from wireless internet I, I think people that really are suffering from sleep deprivation or wake up tired because they're not getting a restful restorative sleep they probably should be taking some not just melatonin and a pill which i think doesn't really absorb liposomal melatonin and i take microlife uh, it's a product called sleep by microlife i think it's one of the best products out there but any liposomal melatonin is great um, but I think this is going to be even more important as 5G is rolled out because uh, I, I heard like a, a, a kind of an analogy that right now it's like four jackhammers are working on, on your pineal gland, but when 5G comes out, it's going to be like 40 jackhammers. It's going to be 40 times as worse roughly as, uh, as what the, the current EMF or acting upon your pineal gland is producing. Yeah, well, and that's that's among other things. But as you mentioned, I mean, sleep is the foundation of everything else. So if you're trying, I mean, whether you're, even if your goal is you're like, oh, I couldn't care less about my health. I want to lose 10 pounds. Well, I mean, how can you lose 10 pounds if you didn't never sleep, if you don't detox, if you don't like uh, your blood sugar is all over the place after bad sleep. So you'll get fatter with, with every bite. It's pretty much like everything falls apart when you don't have the sleep. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to be the, the, the most, the, the thing that pisses me off is, is really that it's, 5G is not studied for, for health effects before being rolled out. And that's unfortunate, but uh, 
with awareness and with protecting yourself. So taking, you talked about supplements and I want to chime in. Maybe uh, one thing that's important to take is magnesium in this day and age. And uh, especially getting your magnesium level tested, whether it's uh, hair analysis, I don't know how precise it is. Usually RBC magnesium levels in blood could be great to have with your holistic practitioner. Uh, making sure that your magnesium sufficient or, or even high levels will help you mitigate the effects or the side effects of EMFs. And I could go into the science more, but it, it's, it's a long story, but magnesium will be key. And also uh, looking at things that are sources of, uh, of uh, glutathione. So whether it's uh, liposomal glutathione or optimizing your, your diet to, um, to, to be sufficient in antioxidant will, will help you also. Curcumin, resveratrol, there's a lot of solutions and I'm actually working with uh, uh, a few practitioners to develop a course on that to help, help practitioners kind of tell their clients, okay, take this, take that, or how to mitigate the effects because let's face it, it's, it's very hard to avoid EMFs 100%. It's, well, it's impossible. Even if you're in the countryside now, there are, there are EMFs. So we, we're going to have to be very, very keen on everything else in order to stay healthy while we spread the word and say to authorities in, um, in school di districts and governments, well, this is unacceptable. We should do something about it. But you know what? The good news is that in several countries, they're taking massive action and it's working. Uh, Cyprus, the island of Cyprus, the government has uh, taken the bull by, by the horns and they're doing uh, TV ads to tell people not to put a cell phone near their heads. They're taking precautionary measures uh, to do that. In France, uh, they, they've just voted even more strict laws and among them would be smartphones completely banned from schools. Uh, at the entrance, you're going to have like a little place where people put their smartphones and then you get it back at the end of the, of the entire school day. Wow. How uh, revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, as if, Four as if the gun, I mean, it, it's pretty much like, I don't know if they're going to put like smartphone detectors at the entrance, like just, <laughs> they're going to scan you. <laughs> oh, you, you got a two, two, three iPhones that you're trying to smuggle in, oh, yeah. but it's, it, it's good. It's good for education. It's good for kids' health, for their uh, concentration. I mean, it's, it's a, such a huge distractions for adults. Who are we kidding? It's the same for children. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous when you have candy crush or, or you have mathematics, what do you think will happen? I mean, yeah. Let, yeah. Let's be smart about it. But it, it, it's, it's actually moving in, in the right direction. I see that happening. It's just that there's a lot of uh, work that needs to be done. So if you personally try anything we've talked about during this podcast and you feel better, well, tell it to your neighbor. Tell it to your friends. I mean, it's, uh, it's important to spread the word about, about the topic because it's still considered completely crazy. When it, it's, it's far from being crazy, it's critical that people think it's or realize that it's very serious, you know? Yeah, let's talk about one of the best ways to protect yourself from EMF. So it's in a, a little cocoon, a Faraday is what they call it. Yes. And it's something that I'm using. And it's basically like a little mosquito net that goes over your bed. And it has copper and silver threads in it that can shield you from all of your neighbors, wireless, and even your wireless router. 
while you're sleeping so that you can get a restorative sleep. I use the one from wireless-protection, I think it's .org or .net or .com, it's one of those. And um, it's a great one. There's lots of products out there like that, but you know, it's, it's a little on the expensive side because it's silver and copper threads in it, but that deflects the EMF. Are there any products, Nick, that, that you like or that you recommend or use? Um, when it comes to these products, I haven't tested bed canopies uh, or some call them Faraday cages. Faraday cages, the idea of having uh, a cage that blocks EMS. For example, your microwave oven has this kind of mesh, right? So that's a Faraday cage. So essentially, it's making sure that it's not boiling your head while it's cooking your hot potato, I don't know. But a Faraday cage, is a, is, it's a very good idea. And this is what my, uh, Dr. Mercola is working on, is a mi miniature version of that where it will be a kind of sleeping bag and it will close on your head, but it will be all transparent so you can still breathe. It will not be like kind of re restrictive like that. But it's a good idea. I don't have um, uh, brands in mind for Faraday cage, but I would say if you're very sick, Looking at, looking at the bed canopy, if you have exposure from all these neighbors, uh, it can be a lifesaver, literally. If you have cancer, it, it might be, I don't know, I don't want to overextend myself, but it might be one of the best expenses you can do compared to a bunch of different supplements. You probably need both, to be honest, but it's, it's important that you create this low EMF environment. And uh, I would love to test one. I actually never slept in one. I would, oh my God, I can only imagine. It's, it's so restorative. I mean, I slept in a, at a friend's house, Anthony DiClemente, a fellow uh, a health geek, and uh, he has uh, this home where he doesn't have Wi-Fi and the levels are extremely low and he has uh, 30 electricity filters and oh my God. God, did I sleep good? You remember your dreams? That's one of the of the side effects. What what you can actually look for if you reduce EMFs, and you're like, okay, do I sleep better? Do I like how do I quantify that? If you recall your dreams, it's actually a good sign that you've went uh, a little bit deeper in the in the stage four REM sleep cycle. So it's a good sign that you get restorative sleep. And then, how do you feel in the morning when you wake up? If you feel like kind of groggy, drunk, uh, foggy, well, it's a good sign that um, you, you probably kind of uh, turn and toss, even though most of the time we don't remember it. Um, so what else? Well, there's another solution that can, maybe the price is, is, is around the same if you want to shield your entire bedroom, but it would be hiring a building biologist. And then you can paint every single wall of your bedroom with this special EMF paint uh, that's um, that's called Y Shield, or there's probably a few brands, but it it will cost a couple hundred dollars for the entire operation, and you can shield your window with uh, there are certain EMF blocking curtains or a kind of film, transparent film that you can put there, and. Um, you do need to have a meter precise enough to make sure that you've done it the right way because the last thing you want to do is to pay all this money and you don't have a way to verify that it's working, right? So working with a professional uh, building biologist, if you just type building biologist, you'll find um, the website where you can find one in your area. There's a few in every state. 
Uh, there's a few in Montreal now across Canada, but uh, if you cannot find one, there are a lot that will do phone consoles. So they might help you uh, do um, a survey of your environment or some of them will even lend you meters for a price. So they can even ship the meters to you. You use them for two days and you ship them back. So that's even an opportunity where you don't have to purchase like thousands of dollars worth of meters or anything like that. Yeah. So I recommend trying to do that if you're, if you live in a city or if you're very sick, that's a great idea. Yeah. And I'm going to be getting a meter when I go house shopping, when I, I'm going to go move into a per, more permanent nice. space and I'm going to be testing in the home to make sure there's not some strange, you know, uh, yeah, source yeah. of EMF that you can't see or you're not aware of. Some people can be really shocked. I've talked to people that went house shopping and did that very thing and were shocked at some of the, the homes or apartments they went into and found these massive sources of EMF uh, from a, like electrical wire or, or whatever it was, uh, a telephone pole right outside the house and just you know, shrouding the bedroom in massive amounts of EMF that could lead to cancer. And, and there's even a little boy at my daughter's school, seven years old, that has cancer. And I can't help but think that EMFs are a huge cause of childhood cancer. I can't help but think that that child, maybe that's, that child's bedroom is as a really high EMF level. Chances are it's happening. It's, uh, it's hard to tell with, without seeing it might be uh, chemical exposure and whatnot. But usually, you know what is the worst is that EMFs combine with other toxins and, and multiply each other, basically. So um, the, the Ramazzini uh, Foundation looked at rat studies and looked at how carcinogenic is uh, like a certain substance is like aflatoxin from mold toxins or formaldehyde. And uh, when combined with certain types of EMFs, it actually becomes a carcinogen. So right now, a lot of researchers like Darius Lysinski, um, he gave a, a, a lecture recently, and the guy is a top researcher just analyzing the EMF data. And he says, I think that EMFs are a co-carcinogen. What does that mean? It means that maybe by itself, it, it doesn't give you cancer, but maybe if you combine a Wi-Fi router with, uh, I don't know, a brand new carpet full of formaldehyde, and then you have uh, mercury in your food, and you have this and that and stress, now it becomes a perfect storm. So what changed in the last 15 years is EMFs. This is the new thing we're exposed to. It's not chemicals that expose in an exponential manner. It is Wi-Fi and smartphones and, and EMFs from all sorts. This is what increased. At the same time, we're seeing a, a, such a huge increase in um, chronic fatigue, in uh, autism, in anxiety. This new generation of children is so anxious, it's ridiculous. Like almost every, every ch child out there has some, some kind of issue, whether it's behavioral or allergies and whatnot. So it's definitely a causal factor in all these things. Or so I believe in the researchers I'm following. Uh, and most of these kids, you remove EMFs and they get better. That's also a sign, not necessarily that this is what caused it, this is a sign that it is a stressor to their body and that they recover faster when they get out of the environment. So, and they're usually kids are very attuned to this. They will, you will see changes in behavior in no time. If for example, you just turn off Wi-Fi at night, 
uh, if you have a kid with ADHD, it might, it might help. It might help them concentrate on their homework after a couple of days. It's, it's kind of crazy what you can see when, when you do that. Yeah, so let's talk to us a little bit about uh, the meter that you mentioned. So sure. you mentioned an EMF meter that's relatively inexpensive. So tell us about that and where someone can find that. Sure, let me, let me, let me pull it. Uh, where is it? It's here. Uh, I, I bought it from, it's a Cornet. So let me take that. I, I bought it from a, a place called Safe Living Technologies. Uh, Safe Living Technologies is a, is a company from Ontario, Canada, and this is kind of small. You can see it's uh, actually smaller than some cell phones, I think, now, like the huge Samsungs. So the Cornet ED88T, so just uh, Cornet 88, you'll find it on uh, Amazon.com, for example, is a great place to purchase it. It's $179, and what is cool about this meter, well, it, it has a display, so you can actually see like, okay, what the numbers are, and you can see the readings over time. So it can get a little bit complicated, but there's a few great um, tutorials online, for example, Lloyd Burrell from Electric Sense has one. And it shows you how to take the reading. So you can take the readings in three different kinds of EMF. So this is really what's useful. For example, you can test out microwaves. So microwaves, you can see, okay, I'm turning off the Wi-Fi, isn't making a difference. So that's one type of microwave. Or you can see my cell phone is open in another room. Can I see a difference in this room? Or you can see, uh, can I pick up? other Wi-Fi from neighbors. You'll see what the levels are. And in my book, I talk about uh, what levels to aim for if possible during sleep and during the day, different. And, and these, these are recommendations that I didn't come up with. These are recommendations from EMF experts, building biologists, and people that are studying environmental medicine. Um, another type that you can look at is magnetic fields. So if you live near a high voltage power line and you're kind of afraid, okay, is it kind of, am, am I in the field of this huge power line? This would be a magnetic field. And uh, one study looked at uh, women exposed to um, uh, magnetic fields over four milligauss, if I remember correctly. This is a study from a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they had triple the miscarriage rates. So it's actually, if you're pregnant, making sure you're not living in the vicinity of a high voltage power line or even inside a home, let's say you sleep right next to a circuit breaker panel right on the outer wall, or maybe you sleep and your neighbor has a, a huge motor, for example, uh, a fridge could be a problem. The back of a fridge right next to your head, but you don't know it. So having this meter around, you'll see, is there an anomaly? You're just looking for like, okay, I'm reading here in my bedroom. Is it normal? Okay. And then when you move around, I always bring that to the hotel room. Sometimes it's very clean. Sometimes I realize that the phone, it's a cordless phone and it's emitting like more than three cell phones and I turn it off and now it drops. So you can verify before and after. And also if you're very sensitive, this is something I, I shared in a recent interview. Well, having that will make you Kind of, kind of aware of what amount of EMFs is okay for you. So if you realize, okay, well, in this room it's one and I feel sick. What if I'm in a room and it's 0.2 and now I feel fine? Okay, well, so the next time you go in a cafe and you see that it's uh, exposure of two volts per meter, for example, you'll say, oh my God, I need 
to take my coffee and maybe go sip it in the park instead, you know? So you'll change your habits because you'll realize that it's not just in your head. You'll be able to quantify how much am I exposed to and what are the effects that I'm seeing. And if you're not seeing any effects, good for you, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't do something about it because it's long-term stuff. It, it, it's, it's the same thing as um, someone saying, well, I feel fine, Wendy, so I'm totally fine eating arsenic and mercury in my food. Like, I feel fine. Yes, okay, good. Yeah, that, that's okay, but th this is an acute effect. What about long-term? What about do you want to live to 110 <laughs> with, with health? That's the difference. So in the long run, you're going to want to see these levels be at the minimum possible manageable in your everyday life and the 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 fewer emails you can get exposed to the better that's that's pretty simple yes yeah and so i think it's really really important to have some awareness around this and i'm so glad that we did this podcast where we were able to do it as a facebook live today and uh you know just educate everyone on facebook but also, uh, you, you wrote a book, The Non-Tinfoil Guide to EMF. It's a wealth of information about EMF so it, with so many studies backing up everything that you're seeing. And you have a companion course also that's coming out pretty soon. Can you talk to us about that course and, and when people can maybe expect to, to try that or to do the course? Sure. So I don't know when um, this podcast is going to be posted after, but pe for people listening live, it's February 26 uh, that you can uh, go to the page. And I'll, I'm, wow, it's the first time I shared that publicly. I'm excited. Uh, Electro, it's called Electrosmog RX. So this is the world's first EMF course for health practitioners. So the difference between my book and everything I share for free is that I'll go more in deep uh, compare, like when it comes to, for example, module one is about, okay, what are EMFs and what are the sources? But I'll go in depth about like smart meters and cell phone towers and different exposures that as a practitioner, you need to ask about when you do a survey of people's health. Uh, so, for example, I'll share with you what kind of questions you want to ask them. For example, do you have cordless phones at home? Do you use a microwave or do you have this or that? And there are so many sources now that as a practitioner, it will be easy to miss, right? Another thing that I'll add is the mechanisms. For example, what EMFs do when it comes to inflammation, or calcium influx in the cells and explaining to you uh, the research of Dr. Martin Powell that is one of the most definitive, I think, research and mechanisms around how EMFs affect our cells and uh, what it means as far as uh, your recommendations as a practitioner. So for example, if uh, people are very low in magnesium, you will see people that are more sensitive to EMFs. If people are very sensitive to chemicals, usually they will be more sensitive to EMFs. Or if people uh, have a neurological issues around glutamate, um, so they're very MSG sensitive, for example, again, it feeds the same cycle, the, what's called the no-ono cycle, and that's all part of what makes people sensitive to EMFs. So I'll share kind of how to get clients out of, of this slump and, and I, it, it's all exploratory, but what are the best practices when it comes to what to tell clients, how to help them heal, 
the science and also the mechanism. So it's a little bit deeper for people that are really interested in their health and might find that interesting, but it's mainly for, I would say, anyone that has clients uh, and that wants them to get better fast is super important as a new factor in, in health and disease. I think that's so important because anyone that's working with clients and their client population, you know there's a subset of people that are so sick and they've yeah. been to doctor after doctor after doctor and have not been able to figure out what's wrong and tried all different types of protocols. And all of these doctors are missing this very, very basic thing, EMF. And so you, you, if you're not well, you have a loved one that's not well, you want to be looking at this. And I think your course, Nick, would be a wonderful resource uh, for any practitioner of any type, a medical doctor, a naturopath, or just a health coach, um, a wonderful uh, resource in addition to their knowledge set. So it's really important work that you're doing. So thank you so much for that. So do you want to take any live questions? Um, are sure. you looking at the Facebook page? Do you see anyone asking questions? For any of you guys, if you have questions for Nick, uh, shoot, just uh, let us know and we're happy to answer them live over the air. Do you see any? Um, I'm trying to look. I don't see any, uh, at least on my page. Is it, is it on your uh, Wendy Myers page? It is on my page. I'm not looking at that right now. Okay. Um, but you know, it's, it's fine. People can leave comments on the blog post. Sure. And we can answer those and leave comments on YouTube where this will be published eventually and they can, uh, they can answer or ask questions there as well. Sure. And, yeah. And so we'll forward those to Nick as, as we get them. So Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you and get your book and all that? Sure. Uh, so people can find me on uh, simply emfbook.com and you'll get a link. Uh, you'll, you'll see the, the entire expose that I do around EMS, which I don't think people that have listened to this need more convincing, but you get a link to the ebook and then there's also amazon.com. The non-tinfoil guide to EMS is a title. And then the upcoming practitioner level course is called Electrosmog RX. So um, depending on when you listen to this, starting February 26, 2018, you'll go to Electrosmog RX uh, and you'll be able to check it out. Fantastic. Well, Nick, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Lib to 110 podcast. You can learn more about me going to myersdetox.com. And I have tons of resources, about hundreds of podcasts, all kinds of free resources about how to detox your body. This podcast about detoxing EMF will be on there eventually. I think it's such an important topic. Uh, EMF is just affecting everyone to some degree. You have to know about it if you care about your health. And I have a free e-guide you guys can download, the top 10 tips to detox like a pro checklist. Just go to detoxforenergy.com if you want to download that. And if you like what you heard today, please go to the iTunes website and leave us a review on iTunes. It takes two seconds and it helps me reach more people and get more, the word out there to people who are trying to dramatically improve and upgrade their health. Again, thank you so much for listening. My name is Wendy Myers. Nick, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Wendy.